I'm Stina. I'm Danielle. We want to focus on uh, television and movies in particular. Yes. Disclaimer that we are in no way film experts. A deep, like, dive. Be quiet. Whoa. I'm yelling. Back me up on this one. (laughs) Hey, you're listening to Two Girls Watch TV. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Two Girls Watch TV. I'm Danielle. And I'm Stina. Danielle. Yes, Stina. I have a pup date. Give me the pup date. So it actually happened today, like moments before we called each other. I came in. I don't want to do it now and like get him crazy, but I came inside and I heard whenever I hear people in the hallway, I go, who's there? And now I've learned that when I gasp, it gets the same reaction of, hey. Really? Yeah, I go, and he goes, he pounces, his ass is in the air and his head's down, and he's like ready to jump, he doesn't know where he's jumping, but he's ready. So I should never be around your dog because I gasp all the time. (laughs) That's what you're telling me. I don't know know if it's that, that gasp might get him going, but (gasps) it's like a happy surprise. Prize gas, oh, okay. not as terrified yet. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I just kept doing it over and over again until I got dizzy. <laughs> and gasped so much. And he was just like, oh my God, what's happening? <laughs> uh, so you were riling up your dog. Mm-hmm. In a new way. In a, <laughs> in a fun, new, innovative way. That's it. Innovate. Innovation at its finest. <gasps> Synergy. There's a word I don't want to hear. I've been watching a lot of... Uh, actually, I haven't been watching it in a while, but um, 30 Rock, they love to use mm-hmm. the word synergy. Jack Donaghy, man. What a show. My favorite part of that show is the episode where Jack negotiates against himself. <laughs> it's a good episode. I talk about that in my classes all the time because I go over negotiating a salary... And I'm like, negotiation's all about staying quiet. And I keep saying I'm going to find that clip and show it in my classes, and then I can never find it. I'll, I'll see if I can find it for you. Thank you. Also, if you hear me munching, this is Lind dark chocolate with coconut in it. A Lind Lindo truffle? No. Just a square. I know. I'm joking. That's a line oh. from um, Oh Hello. <laughs> Ravi, this is Gil, Gil Faisan. The first time I showed Dave that, well, I think he only saw it once. I saw it, I think, two or three times. But he was like, I don't know, I feel like I saw the funniest thing on Broadway because you, you took me to see him. We saw um, the Book of Mormon on Broadway, so I don't know if I'm going to see. I don't know if anything else is going to top this. And I was like, well, why don't, why don't we give it a shot? Yeah. And, like, they're not even out on stage yet. And Nick Kroll's like, what do you think about after the show we get a slice? (laughs) Dave loses it. Like, loses it into, like, his high-pitched laugh. Have you heard his high-pitched laugh? Yes, I went went to the John Mulaney concert. (laughs) Or the John Mulaney show with you guys. No, that was his muted laugh. He laughs so hard, nothing comes out. (laughs) It's like, it's all stuck. 
<laughs> yeah, you you know that Nick and I went to go see that show together when it was out on Broadway. Yes. Yes. And the yes, I'm very jealous when you told me. Oh, it was so good. But to the point where like you know the scene where like Nick Krell pretends to shit his pants because they don't take an intermission. Like, I went to go pee when uh, all of a sudden they're like, 9-11. I'm like, well, this is the perfect time for me to go to the bathroom. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> and as I was going to the bathroom, they're like, Dick Cheney. And I was like, this is beautiful. <laughs> um, Nick almost peed his pants. No, I can't say that. Oh, well, I already said it. He, he did not take a, a pee break. And he was just, yeah, it was just two hours of nonstop. Um... Where was I going with this? Non-stop Besides exposing Nicholas? Um, you were saying that Nick Kroll, even when Nick Kroll tried to poop his pants on stage. Oh, um, oh, I was thinking, I was going to tell you, Paul Rudd was the uh, surprise guest, because they always have oh, a surprise yes, guest. Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, 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 that's right. Yeah. That's right. That was so long ago. I want to say that was like 2018? 2017? Long time. Wow. 2017 or 2018? Well, I think that when Mulaney's done with his tour, they should do that again. Mulaney's been on tour for how long? Ever. Ever. He's, they're just, he's dropping his Netflix special April 24th, and I feel like it's going to be the same show that we saw back in July. Like, like the one that he did specifically at NJ Pack? No, not that one specifically. There's no way that they were recording that show. You could tell that he was. They weren't recording that show because he was much more like loose and playing with the audience. Yeah, he did with the with the kids. So when Danielle and I saw John Mulaney. Oh right, back, we're recording. I forgot we weren't just having a we conversation. <laughs> I knew it. I could tell. I could tell that you were just like lost in this conversation with me. <laughs> yeah. If you want to know what Chrissy and I actually sound like when we're talking, that's what it sounds like. It's more of the same. It's more of the same. <laughs> so when we saw John Mulaney back, at, this is good. It means it means that we're loose. I'm loose. <laughs> I think we're just loopy. I think that's what it is. It could be that, um, but also like it just you know it's it's all natural. That's since we've gotten on this phone call, we have just been like it's kind of just been like us tumbling through conversations where like all of a sudden we're looking up Roman Polanski's life when we were just talking about something completely different. Martin Scorsese. Yeah, I don't know how it made that jump, but before well, that we were talking yeah, we warmed about... up for an hour and a half. That's what happened. Oh my goodness. So what were you talking? So anyway, when we when we saw John Mulaney, don't you pull that plug out? What are you doing? <laughs> oh my god, this dog! I can't gas at him. See if he does something. Go lay down. Oh, <gasps> oh! <gasps> he's not doing it now. He's broken. Okay. Who's broken? He's like. He's sitting up perfect posture. All right, Otis, that's enough. This is beautiful podcasting material. <laughs> oh, it's amazing. It's amazing. So <laughs> Otis is now trying to jump on me. 
we just made a reference to a conversation we had prior to this one. And back to the fucking John Mulaney bit. <laughs> I closed that door. When we saw John Mulaney live, the reason why we're so certain that they didn't record that episode is because there were two kids in the audience and all he was doing was like chatting with them in between jokes. He's like, I'm, I'm going to talk about some things. And they're not good things. And yeah, he's like, who the hell brought their kids to this thing? And then he starts talking about his cocaine use. He found out their, he found out their names and he was like, do you guys know about me? <laughs> <laughs> I am very excited to, to see it again because I feel like it, it's been basically almost a year since we saw it last time. And it was hysterical. Oh yeah, oh, yeah it was so good. Dave was keeled over. I've never seen him keel over in public like that that was and now we're starting to come back full circle because we're closing up the conversation there we go dave laughing nick crow i'm never gonna get through this gasping at the dog and here we are and now let's talk about the last of us shall we okay because if we don't if we don't do hard cuts tonight we're i this is it yeah we'll be here until midnight the sun will yeah. come up by the time we're done with this podcast. And there's like, no, where I don't think we did anything differently this time. We just have different things to say. I don't know. I just got I the know. thought of us doing an all-nighter where we just record for an entire night with the sun up. That sounds like hard. That sounds horrible. No one well, would listen. No one would listen to that. Not if we, but if we had a Twitch, maybe. That's what they do on the Twitch. But I also don't want to do that. Because I don't want to stay up until dawn ever again. Hey, I have good news for you. What? It's our podcast. <laughs> we so, can do whatever we want. So I don't need to sabotage myself with my own ideas? Sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that great news? It's fantastic news. All right, so The Last of Us? The Last of Us. We're, that's what we're talking about today. Thank you for listening to our whole sporadic, sporadic, is that the word I'm looking for? Perhaps. Spastic, I think, is the better way to describe it. It could be both. Intro. All right, so The Last of Us is on HBO Max. That's it? That's all you got? Oh, that's what we were talking about, the lint, the chocolate. That's why it... <laughs> Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. You might as well just put in the podcast notes, skip to 20 minutes in to get to the point. (laughs) My neighbors must love me. It is 1030 at night and I feel like I'm being so loud. I apologize to anyone listening to this and not you listening who have chosen to listen my neighbors who are forced to listen to me <clears throat> so uh there are no awards for the last of us surprise surprise but i do feel well it literally just ended sunday mm-hmm. right we're recording this on thursday night this finished up sunday it was in competition with the oscars and i have a feeling that this beat out the oscars but that's a whole other thing um i watched I I watched most of it. I had to turn it off at some point because I was like, I'm not doing this to myself. What what didn't you want to do? I wanted to go to bed. That's what I wanted to do. I didn't want to stay up past oh. uh, 
11 p.m. Oh my god, that should have been our opening. Duh. Wow. Old news. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Won a bunch of stuff. That's all you need to know. Hold it, man. Yeah, we should do that next month. Yeah, but it's only on Showtime. We can go over to my parents' house and watch it. All right, we may have to. Okay. It's not often that we watch a movie together. No, it isn't. I think my mom said she just watched it and she liked it. Um, people who told me about it said it was kind of all over the place. I was like, oh, kind of like everything, everywhere, all at once. Sounds about right. That's literally, that's our brand. That is the beginning of this podcast. <laughs> that is what we yeah. live by. Did you see the donkey? Yes, I did see the donkey. Oh, Jenny. Well, that's not the real Jenny. I hope you know that. I would have been nicer if it was. <laughs> well, how are they going to track down the real Jenny? Find the first donkey with a finger in its mouth. Yeah, there you go. Do you, are you surprised that Banshee's Vinishirin didn't win anything? A little bit. Yeah. Um, who won Best Director? Was it the the guys from everything Every, everywhere all at once? Oh, okay. So they really did just sweep everything except for like yeah. Brendan Fraser winning uh, best actor. Yeah. Dang, dang. I they did. Won. Yeah. And, um, it was basically everything everywhere all at once and All Quiet on the Western Front. Those two movies just kind of swept. Yeah. Um. I did really like. Brendan Fraser and uh, what's his name? Key, when they uh, had that moment where they hugged after winning their Oscars and they were both crying. Also, Key's speech was absolutely incredible. Mm-hmm. Oh. And Brendan Fraser's speech was, oh my God, I was crying. Yeah. I actually just recently made, made my eyes watery. I just recently watched the movie Blast from the Past. Highly recommend to anyone. And I forgot how good Brendan Fraser was. I mean, it's not a good movie by any means, but it he was very, very good in it. He was Tarzan. He was Tarzan. Mm-hmm. Uh, Blast from the Pre- Past has uh, the one, the only Christopher Walken in it. Yeah. Highly recommend. I love Christopher Walken. I know you do. <laughs> <laughs> He, but he's not in the show that we're about to discuss. Which is The Last of Us, which has no, <laughs> no awards, but will definitely be a contender for next year. All right, hit us with right. the, uh, the summary. A fungi outbreak turned pandemic turned post-apocalyptic world. We watch one man lose everything and everyone and everywhere all at once. <laughs> oh <my> God. Sorry. <laughs> Opportunity couldn't miss it. I'm sorry. <laughs> We watch one man lose everything and everyone close to him. I had to stop myself because I was going to do it again. (laughs) From day one of this catastrophe, he finds a 14-year-old girl named Ellie who he's meant to bring to a freedom fighter location as cargo. The two must arrive and survive with little to no help along the way. They must be careful, though, as Ellie may be of more help than people realize. Wow, you are doing a lot of uh, rhyming. What did you say? Ride and survive? Oh, yeah. Fucking Dr. Seuss over here. (laughs) All right. So our main characters, uh, one of them is Joel, played by Pedro Pascal. Um, Pedro Pascal, Chrissy and I were having a conversation about him. I know him from as Prince Oberyn 
from Game of Thrones. You know and him. I, my first exposure to him. <laughs> no, I didn't mean the pun. No pun intended. Oh, you hit me with the pun. You didn't even realize it. <laughs> but my first exposure to him was Narcos. Who does he play in Narcos? One of the cops. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Joel is a hardworking father who lost his daughter, Sarah, played by Nico Parker, early on in the pandemic and has lost his belief in humanity. His partner is Tess, played by Anna Torv. Uh, She and Joel have been together for a long time, but she unfortunately dies early on in the season. Before Tess dies, she makes Joel promise to protect and deliver our our other main character, Ellie, played by Bella Ramsey, uh, to the Firefly camp. Okay, so Bella Ramsey, do you know that she was also in Game of Thrones? No. She played Leona Mormont from Bear Island. Do you remember the... She was a meme. She was like a huge meme when she was on Game of Thrones because she was this... I mean, she was young, and that's the whole point. Like, the the lady of uh, Bear Island is like a young girl because Jorah is yeah. over... Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah, you remember? She was a meme. She was meme mugging it. Same actress. Oh. Also, did you know that she's British? Yeah, that fucking shocked me to my core. <laughs> well, we were just talking about all the people that you don't realize are British. Colin Farrell being one of them. And, uh, <laughs> well, he's Irish. And Florence Pugh being another one, which I didn't realize she was British either. I texted Danielle while I was watching the Oscars. I was like, everybody's fucking British. Even Bella Ramsey. Mm-hmm. Who knew? She does a, a great American accent. For being so young as well. Okay. She's very good with her S's. She is. So, Ellie is uh, being brought to the Firefly Camp. Clamp. The Firefly Camp, uh, which is a radical resistance movement because she is immune to infection and they want to use her to find the cure. Uh, Ellie is an orphan who grew up in Fedra boarding school but escapes and finds herself on this journey. Uh, head of the Fireflies is Marlene, played by Marilee da- uh, Dandridge. Marilee Dandridge, yeah. Which, I looked this up. Marilee Dandridge, and we find out that Marlene is best friends with Ellie's mom, Anna, played by Ashley Johnson. So, uh, you're nodding like you know where I'm going with this, but if everyone else doesn't know where I'm going with this, The Last of Us, as many have told me, and many may know, is a video game. And Marilee Dandridge and Ashley Johnson are both the voices in the actual uh, video game. And they were, like, recorded for their movements for these video game characters. So Marilee Dandridge played Marlene in the video game. Ashley Johnson played Ellie in the video game. So that is why it's so important that they made her Ellie's mom. Because she literally did birth Ellie the video game character and then she birthed ellie in the tv show and if you are a big fan of the video game like if i was into the video game that would be a detail that would like blow my mind and i love that i um i don't know if i could play this video game i think my blood pressure would just like be off the charts no me neither um other important side characters we have uh bill from the infamous bill and frank episode 
Uh, Bill is played by the one, the only Nick Offerman, who is a veteran on this podcast because we've definitely talked about Parks and Rec. And then Frank is played by Murray Bartlett, who is also a vet on this podcast because we know him from The White Lotus. He was in the first season and I'm completely blanking on his name, but you know the guy. He's also in a bunch of like HBO things. Like he's been in so many HBO things. It's ridiculous. Um, Ellie's friend Riley is played by Storm Reed, and you may know her from Euphoria. We have Kathleen, who is later leader of the Casey crew. I don't know what their, like, actual official name is, but they're, like, the Kansas City resistance that, like, overthrew Fedra there. That is played by, that role is played by Melanie Linsky, who, (laughs) when I had it playing, Nicholas popped in, and I was like, where do you know this girl from? And he's like, oh, that girl's from Sweet Home Alabama. Do you, do you know the movie Sweet Home Alabama? Mm-hmm. You know, the scene where Reese Witherspoon goes to the bar and she's like, you have a baby in a bar. Same girl. Oh. Yeah. And then I know her from the movie Ever After. She played one of the sisters. Yes. Okay. Okay. So Sorry. we also meet Henry Burvell. Burrell, 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 Burrell. We're going to go with Burrell, played by Lamar Johnson and his brother Sam, played by Kevon Wood- Woodard. Uh, Joel's brother is Tommy, played by Gabriel Luna, and his wife is Maria, played by Rutina Wisely, which also, if you've ever watched the HBO miniseries True Blood, that's where you know her from. Big True Blood fan. Uh, and then David, a.k.a. Creepy, creepy Peach, Creeper Preacher, uh, is played by Scott Shepard. So, let's get into our climax. The finale opens up with Ellie being born. We find out that Anna is bit while giving birth, and that is how Ellie became immune. After Joel and Ellie escape the cannibal cult, they have a heart-to-heart, and Joel tells her that they don't need to go to the Fireflies. They don't need to finish this out. They can just go back to Tommy's and like live out their life. And Ellie says they must finish what they started. Once they get to the hospital, Marlene tells Joel their plans uh, for Ellie. Marlene explains that the cordyceps are growing in Ellie's brain. They must be extracted, duplicated in order to find a car, a, a car, a cure, also known as a cure, implying that Ellie will not survive the surgery. Uh, the fireflies escort Joel out, which is a complete joke. Like, thinking that Joel's just gonna, yeah, I'm just gonna walk out of here, no problem, while you kill Ellie. That's not happening. Joel murders basically everyone. The way they kept, like, being pushy about it, I was like, oh, these guys are gonna die. You're dead. Like, what, what are you, what are you thinking? Also, just two men to just escort Joel out like that? Come on. He's 56 years old. Yeah, but they see. He's some punk. Yeah, but even Marlene said, like, I had a bunch of guys on me, and they didn't last very long. How the heck did you deliver this girl all across the country like this? Obviously, like, she realizes how powerful Joel has become because he has something to really, really fight for, which is Ellie. Like, come on. All right. Um, So Joel basically kills everyone and rescues Ellie. Uh, We see a final talk between Marlene and Joel, Marlene pleads with Joel to make the decision to save, to pleads with Joel to say that he needs to make the decision to save one life or save basically all of humanity. He decides to save Ellie and kills Marlene. Uh, He takes Ellie back to 
uh, where Tommy is. And this is where I'm going to leave the ending up to you. They escape the hospital and head back to Tommy's. As they're driving, Joel tells Ellie the good news, quote unquote, that the fireflies have stopped looking for a cure because they found dozens of others like Ellie and she doesn't have to worry. There's a certain amount that they cannot travel by car. So as they hike, Joel gets very chatty and tells Ellie all the things that she would have loved about his daughter. Ellie pauses for a moment and seems a bit off. Then she makes Joel swear on the mountain that everything he said about the fireflies in the car is true. Without hesitation, Joel swears. End scene. Yeah, very abrupt ending. I will say he, he swore so intently and intensely that I was like, I don't remember that happening. Like I like I believed him, but like I saw everything that happened. Yeah. True. Very true. So what were what was the IMDB rating? Um, probably the highest that we've had. It was a 9.0 out of 10. Rotten Tomatoes was 84 and then a 6.4. So it's kind of all over the place. You mean Metacritic? Yeah, that one was Metacritic those last two months. <laughs> I was like, you're not stealing my Rotten Tomato score. And I'm looking at the Rotten Tomato score and I know that it's not that. <laughs> um, so on Rotten Tomatoes, the critics gave it a 96% and the audience gave it an 89%. Yeah. It was pretty high. But then right. I found a really bad review, and I picked it. Ooh, okay. Hit us. This is actually on Metacritic, and it's uh, from Desperate Soul. Okay. Now, I will preface this by saying this person wrote this review, started writing the review around episode three, mm. and then updated it around episode nine. Okay. Okay. Um, zero out of ten. So far in my rating from best to worst, episode three, episode one, episode two. I also picked this review because of the way they use the word motherfucker. Okay. okay. Everyone knows what's going on around episode three. People say it's bad writing just because Bill and Frank are gay. Funny though, they were gay in the game too. The writing in episode three was amazing. Sadly, motherfuckers are too fragile to get that. Edit, March 12th. Episode 9 hasn't aired yet. I'm giving this a zero, despite thinking it's a solid 6 to lower the average. Motherfuckers give this a 10 out of 10 without thinking, so why not me? Show just nosedived, or actually it didn't. It stayed the same. Week after week, Ellie and Joel do fuck without meaningful bonding, just going forward on their journey. I'm not going too deep into this, but the show has had really good episodes, but the big picture has failed to capture the story. I know what's happening in episode nine, and I think it's too early for that. Realistically, Joel wouldn't save Ellie. They're, they, aren't, they aren't that close, even though the show says so. Editing tomorrow, but then he didn't edit it. Desperate Souls, what happened? I don't know. I'm hanging on your every word. I feel like that review is very much all over the place. I um, think this review is from somebody who's played the game. Okay. Which, fair. Very fair. I, both Chrissy and I have not played the game, so we cannot judge. Um, which, but again, fair. Fair enough. Um, 
let me throw out my three and a half out of five star review. This is very like a middle of the road review and I tend to agree with it. So I waited all the way until after the season finale to write my review. I feel like that was a very important sentence and I feel like you would appreciate that sentence I out did. of everyone. <laughs> I really wanted to love this series. Although it definitely has its great moments, overall it's hit or miss, with some episodes being leaps and bounds better than others. I was very disappointed with the final episode of the season. Without providing spoilers, the main culmination point wound up being a disgusting display of utter selfishness, ignorance, and complete disregard for human life by one of the show's favorite and main characters, and one who all of us were rooting for. How is that not a spoiler? Like, you basically just told the whole thing without, like, using proper nouns. Um, however, witnessing their behavior in their final moments of the finale, I've completely lost all respect for them. I'm currently reconsidering whether or not I want to invest in watching another season. What a letdown. So You know what? What? That person cares too much. We just had a whole conversation how Christina doesn't care anymore. I don't care about anything anymore. But that person <laughs> has to stop caring so much. Uh, honestly, I tend to... <sighs> okay, I kind of agree with them. Just because... I mean, I think that Joel should have let them operate on Ellie and, like tried to find a cure or at least give Ellie the option to make that decision for herself because it's not like oh. Ellie's not an immature person like Would she you value this show more if it told a good story or if it stayed with the game well I guess that's the that's the question because if it's sticking with the game then it is the way that it is it is I got the inside scoop from my nerd at home and he said that um that's how the game ends too. And it's become an argument over the course of time. Like what's the more ethical option to save one person or to save the world? Valid. And I think that the, uh, you know, the creator of the game, I forget what his name is, but he did help create the show. It does open up the conversation for that. Um, but if we're having that argument, I would think that you would have to save all of humanity or, again, give Ellie the option to make that decision for herself. Right. So in reality, it could be argued that both sides are wrong. Like, because they, one knocked her over the head and drugged her up and he killed about two dozen people to get her back. Yeah. And then, but also lied to her again. And the thing is, is like, yeah, he's doing a parent type of lie. Like, I'm lying to protect you. Because he's he, now his goal, now his life mission is going to be to just protect her at all costs. And I also think that maybe he feels that he owes her his life because she saved his. That maybe. could also be part of it. Maybe. And then there's also, you know, he has this guilt of not being able to save Sarah. So he needs to save Ellie, which that definitely plays up in the... And Tess. And Tess, yeah. And save Tess either. Even though with Tess, he didn't really seem too broken up about it until you, like, see how long they've been together in the Bill and Frank episode. Right. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, he seems, like, at that point very much just, like, a shell of a human being. But you can tell that he starts caring again when he meets Ellie. But, again, 
give her the option. But I guess maybe that'll be discussed in season two if they decide to do it season two. I know there is a second game. So I would think that the season two would be based off of the second game. That's what I'm thinking because Dave had also told me that he looked up, he looked it up and the, the biggest boss is the preacher. Oh, really? Yeah. He said that the biggest boss is the preacher. That was the biggest thing. And the door is going to slam. Sorry about that. It's okay. Um, we're recording. <laughs> um, that, that was like the biggest boss in the whole game. And it was only one episode. I mean, he was the most malicious person, but yeah. Yeah, if we want to talk about, so to segue into highs and lows, uh, talking about like favorite scenes, favorite episodes, because I feel like it's very easy to break this show down into like favorite episodes because there are so many like little vignette stories of like side characters. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that episode was really good it you kind of feel like where like why are we getting involved with this weird like cult thing um but that guy does such a great job of making himself seem good until you like look at more details and then you realize oh no this guy is messed up and then you find out like no no this guy is very messed up so mm -hmm. i thought him as a character was so fascinating especially like there was a scene where everyone's hungry, everyone's waiting to eat, and you see right. everyone has such, like, small bowls. Meanwhile, yeah. he has a huge fucking plate of food while everyone else is starving. That, like, little subtle detail would have been missed, but if you catch it, you're like, okay, this guy's not not good. Right. Yes, I remember that. Yeah. Um, one of my biggest highs was just the storytelling overall has been just fantastic. Yeah. So. Yeah. And my, if we were to pick favorite episodes, I would say that my favorite episode is probably episode three. That's kind of like the all around episode. When we first started being told to watch it, everyone was like, watch episode three, watch episode three. Episode three is the best. And I agree. It's so fascinating. Um, you know, Nick Offerman was probably made to be that character. <laughs> Yeah. Like one of the best casted uh scenes. Also the Henry and Sam episode five really pulled me in. That, yes. That their was whole storyline oh, killed me. Also, I think maybe you don't know. I loved the whole abandoned mall episode. Oh yeah. So you liked all of the ones that were like more of um is expository the word I want to use here? Maybe. The ones that had like extra storyline behind them. Yeah. Say that. Yeah. I loved the whole I love the idea of an abandoned mall. I love malls in general. Mall culture is like fascinating. And when you think about like malls of things that we've done, I think about like Stranger Things season three. Yes. Which, like, this and Stranger Things kind of run parallel because you have that, like, adopted father, protective father role. My daughter died and I'm taking on the role of this, like, I'm trying to be the protector of this younger person and be a father to them. You know, Jim Hopper and Joel have <laughs> a lot of similarities. Yeah. Except, who would win in a fight, Jim Hopper or uh, Joel? 
That's hard. That is hard. That's, I don't know. Yeah. I think we should take votes. Okay. That's I'll, a good question. I'll put up a poll when I post this. Uh, who would win in a fight? Jim Hopper from Stranger Things or Joel from The Last of Us? Wow. Yeah, I think, I don't know. They're both, if I could quote my reviewer, bad motherfuckers. They, they are indeed. Um, Can I tell you my favorite, my one of my favorite pieces? I think it was in the last episode. Okay. Um, it, it was either episode seven or eight. I'm pretty sure it was the last. Were there with the drafts? Was that the last episode? Yeah, it was the last episode. Okay. So there's a small moment where Ellie is feeding the giraffe and like giggling and like petting it. And Joel is like watching Ellie through this moment. And he has like this look of sincere joy on his face. But then do you remember watching Psycho when we were in high school? Yeah. And do you remember the one scene that we had to focus on when she's driving and she looks fucking terrified? And then she does like this teeny tiny like – curve with her lip and like her other her like opposite side lip eyebrow situation where like one moves and the other one moves and her whole face structure changes from like what am I gonna do to I'm gonna fucking do this Mm -hmm. you know he has a moment of like sheer joy to like sheer anguish Mm -hmm. when she's like this is so fucking cool because like what 14 year old do you know that casually swears like that and like in that moment you can see that he was so happy that she was having this moment. And then he came to the realization, oh shit, this in, this kid's entire childhood was just like stolen from her. Yeah. And it's like, oh my God, it was so good. It was so good. And I think that, that the idea that like Ellie grew up in this like post pandemic world without like modern things that we know that and like that Joel knows is so fascinating and was something that was mentioned like throughout the show for example like when she sees an airplane and she's like you got to fly in the sky or like when she first gets into the truck and she's like so excited like just so wholesome such little wholesome things he's he's asking her for like directions and she's like i don't know it's my second day in a car yeah (laughs) or that's like every day and then when you like when i think that's why the mall scene was so great like they're having fun in this big abandoned mall with things that they've like never her and riley have never seen before like a carousel like a photo booth right like a uh, arcade looking at a victoria's secret window and being like why the hell would anyone ever wear that like <laughs> <laughs> i don't think i really had any lows i think maybe i would if i played the video game or like i saw somebody play the video game because dave never played it he just told you never played it right no he just told me about it yeah um the internet i think that my only low was when joel got stabbed he just bounced back super quickly I don't think he bounced back. He was, like, laying on the floor of the fucking basement. Yeah, but then, like, that guy came in, and then all of a sudden he was kicking ass again. It's just, like, and she's, like, when she put the penicillin in the cut as opposed to, like, putting it anywhere else, I was, like, oh, girl, no, that's not what you do. Yeah, but she didn't know. No, she didn't know. I know. I know she didn't know, but that was the moment where you have to yell at TV and be, like, no, don't do that. 
How about she sewed up the wound before cleaning it? Oh my God. And she was just shoving dirty towels on it. <sighs> Through me. If you, <laughs> we have been watching too many things where just like stuff happens and my like hypochondria and like, I guess, <laughs> It just like goes through the roof like what in all quiet on the western front where they're just drinking muddy disgusting water and you're just oh, like I, all i could think of was dysentery yeah yeah and then you get this where she's just shoving dirty ass towels into an open wound and it's infected and it's just like, bleh. no wonder he's screaming <laughs> yeah yeah anyway speaking of disgustingness uh what did you eat while you watched this um, I watched this a few times, um, like over the course of this past week. Um, I did not watch this in real time also. So I feel like that may have just like affected the way that I viewed things. Um, water, popcorn, and then I got these dark chocolate peanut butter cups. They were really, really good. I had one today. Hmm. Look mm -hmm. at that. Ah, were they from Trader Joe's, the ones with sun butter in them? No. I, uh, these were actual peanut butter. I had the actual peanut butter. Um, HelloFresh gave us like a voucher. So I don't know. I think they were called like skinny dipped or something like that. I don't know. They're supposed to be keto and whatever. I ate like a bunch of them. So fun. Yeah. I don't really remember what I ate. I think we watched this after dinner, maybe during dinner a couple of times. So it was like a dinner kind of thing. Yeah. I think I wrote what I write here. If you do eat, maybe don't eat any mushrooms. Yeah, most definitely. All I know is that I have one pack. Oh, my mom got me this mushroom jerky. And it's, like, pretty good. But I have, like, one pack left. Every time I look at it, I'm like, oh, maybe, maybe <laughs> another time. Maybe a later date. Yeah, I have been – I've walked around Jersey City and I see just, like, fungi growing on trees. And it's just, like, uh, you just look at it a little bit different. You stop in your tracks and you're like, meh. I'll tell you, the first episode when I saw – what's her name? Mrs. So-and-so, just, like, her jaw just, like, crack open. I thought she had a stroke. And then I was like, oh, that's how it happens. That's yeah. How it yeah, that was freaky. Mm-hmm. Um, so what was your expectation versus reality? I think I thought a, a lot more horror was going to happen in mm. every episode there. I feel like there's a lot of jump scares. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Um, but I was thinking it was going to be a lot more every episode. I thought this was basically going to be absolute torture for me to watch. But it wasn't. No. No, I, I think I, it's because of the storyline. The storyline was like really captivating. Yeah, and I think that the storyline did not pick up until like episode three, and then it it just really takes off with how these people are dealing with this pandemic. Which, um, I so everyone everyone has been talking about the show. Everyone has been telling me to watch this. Um, even oh, I was forgot to say the people that told us to watch it. I honestly don't know. I can't keep track anymore. Well, I know that, um, the people who wrote in my friend from college, Mary Kate and my friend from comedy, Nick Bailey, they had both suggested this show. So thank you both. Yeah. I know a bunch of people that just mentioned it to me, but they wrote in and said, you gotta watch this. I know 
Jimmy definitely told me to watch it, and he said specifically episode three, if nothing else. Um, Amanda and her husband George both told me to watch this. If you guys are listening, I I heard, we listened, we watched. Um, I don't know. I just feel like everyone's talking about it. Nick and I were at breakfast the other day at our like local breakfast place, and the owner was like, "Have you guys been watching The Last of Us?" <laughs> it's like, oh my god. <laughs> Yeah, but um, I like that you and Nick have a local breakfast place. That's so nice. Yeah, I I realize that on weekends I like to do like a nothing. A, yes, I do like to do nothing. Nothing right. is my favorite thing to do. But I like to plan like a morning where like we just wake up early and we go to a breakfast place and we get like a really good breakfast. Oh, that's nice. So I got two. There are two spots in Jersey City that I usually like to go to. Okay. Um, uh, I think I was expecting a little bit more from the show. And uh, I was really surprised of the final episode. Because A, it was only 43 minutes. Which is kind of unheard of for like an HBO miniseries. Mm-hmm. Especially so cool. a finale. Like they sh- they're usually like 59 minutes to like over and maybe an hour six sometimes. The first episode I think was the longest. Yeah. I don't know. I was I thought the show was okay in general. Um, there are definitely parts of it that I liked, but there are some parts of it where I was like, eh. Uh-huh. Eh. I was just meh about it. It wasn't like anything that really like hooked me in. Oh. Well, yeah. I liked it. I liked the storyline and uh, I just, I think I'd have more lows if I played the game. I know I said that already, but I'm, I'm kind of, that's where I'm kind of stuck. I'm yeah. Stuck. I also think that when Nick and I first started watching this, it was definitely a little tough to watch a show about a pandemic because it's still really fresh from us all coming out of a pandemic. So uh, that was definitely like, I don't know, you, 2020 was just a complete blur in our minds, but then you, you, like, watch something like this, and, like, you just remember what it's like to be in a pandemic, and you're like, oh, crap, all right, well, it's not this bad. Mm-hmm. We, we were never to this level, but damn, mm-hmm. damn does it suck. Not exactly. No. Did you have an IRL moment? Um, I don't want to live in a world where there isn't coffee. <laughs> you remember the episode? I think it was... Episode four, yeah, they leave Bill and Frank's and Bill had coffee and she's like, what is that? That's disgusting. And like, Joel's (laughs) drinking coffee. And I was like, this guy hasn't drank coffee in 20 years. Count me out. Sorry. Okay, I can get behind that. (laughs) You want to jump onto my IRL moment? I think I will. I don't really know if I've had one. Other than that mall definitely looked like yesterday's where we went for my birthday that one year. That's what I thought about when uh, they were at the arcade. I was like, oh, that reminds me of Christina's birthday that one year. That was so much fun. This isn't even a plug, but if you live in northern New Jersey, you should go to yesterday's or a barcade in Jersey City. Yesterday's is better. Really? Yeah. Because yesterday's has all of the like vintage video games there. And it's BYOB. So you can get as drunk as you want. Yeah. I mean, yesterday's, so 
Yesterkades has all of the like actual like standalone vintage video like arcade games. Yeah. And then they have a wall of old TVs with all vintage video game consoles so you can sit and play Mario Party if you really wanted to. You can play Mario Party on almost any Nintendo system because they have them there. Okay, well... But they also have fucking skee-ball. <laughs> they have skee-ball in most places, though. I was so happy. Yeah, skee-ball is fun. I love skee-ball. Yeah, no, Yesterkades was a, is a good spot. Highly we, recommend. We may go there again this year. <laughs> I'm down. I will be there. Okay. <laughs> I appreciate you. Tell me when. Uh, well, uh, likely April 28th. Your birthday's on Friday, right? I know. Isn't that crazy? Have you... I feel like I get to do whatever I want because well, it's on the weekend. I, well, we can say this on the podcast. I had presented to you that on our birthdays, we should be able to pick the movie slash TV show that we talk about. So have you thought about what you wanted to do for your birthday? I... Your birthday episode? I have not. I have not. Do you know what you're going to do for your birthday? I kind of have two things mo- moving around right now. And All right. Juggling um, around in my mind, unless something uh, something else comes up. I mean, I, I had always said the Big Lebowski, we got to do it eventually on this podcast. We were going to do it in January. So I don't know if we'll do it next year as our oldie but goodie, but I don't, I don't know. Because then I was like, Pulp Fiction, but um, June is going to be Tarantino time. Dude, don't limit yourself. It is your birthday. You get the say. You get to do it's you get to pick whatever you want. Cheers. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> well, that all-nighter that we were talking about, I'm going to have to start right now because I'm going to have to watch how many friggin' episodes of Cheers. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Something I like about Boston. <laughs> Try again. Okay. Give right, me... Not anything I want. Oh, my gosh. Then I'm going to do... <laughs> For my birthday, we're going to do Survivor, and you're going to have to watch all 40-something seasons of Survivor. <laughs> Pick your favorite. I want to do that to you. <laughs> oh my god, that's worse. That's the worst one. So yeah, you gotta you gotta think of a movie. All right. Oh, so now it can't even be. No, TV now it's no longer a TV show. It's a movie. <laughs> you lost your TV privileges. Oh my god. <laughs> All right, I gotta I gotta think about it. Yeah. Think of, I feel like we've already done so many of your favorite ones, like A Bug's Life, like A Horrible Bosses. Um, I don't really know if I have a favorite movie. I don't know if I do. Uh, I have some. I have movies for, like, occasions. Like, if I don't know what I want to watch, there's, like, a, I have, like, a list of movies that I'm like, okay. This is this is a default movie for me. You've got mail is one of them. You've got mail is a default movie for That's me. That's true. You're a rom com. I'm a rom com queen, my friend. That's true. Born and bred. Do you know what I just realized? I think we've been talking for ten minutes, and we finished the podcast like ten minutes. Ago. I know. I got us off on a side tangent. We should probably close this out. I just feel bad if anybody's like hanging on. There's a, listen. They can easily turn off the podcast. <laughs> 
<laughs> they I hope they're fastened into their seats because this is a wild ride that we've been on this episode. And I feel like this isn't even one of our longer episodes. It just feels long because we've gone down every every dark road. We have. No stone was left unturned. No. Not at all. All right. Close this out. We need to be done with this conversation. <laughs> all right. So think about what you want us to do for April because we have some ideas, but we want yours too. Except the 28th because Christina's picking her birthday movie. All right. <laughs> don't, don't pull this, oh no, you guys tell me what I want to watch on my birthday. No, you pick what you want to watch. No, I don't trust any of these. Um, if I can quote my review one more time, motherfuckers, because you'll all probably tell me to watch Scream or like Friday the 13th. Scream. All things I hate. Scream is a good movie. Scream isn't that scary. All right. What are the... The Exorcist of Emily Rose. Nah, that's not that scary. Hereditary. That's a scary movie. All right. That. Or like things I hate. <laughs> well, then right. pick something you like. I know. that, But I'm telling you, this is why I'm not letting anybody else decide. Because these are the... Th I'm going to get these pouring in. Okay. Why do you think we watched Die Hard, Danielle? Why do you think we fucking watched Die Hard? We'll never hear the end of this. All right, close out the episode. <laughs> All right, we're done. That's now we're 13 minutes of nonsense. Okay, so. <laughs> oh, God. All right, we're good. I'm fine. We're on Instagram and Twitter at Hayes Two Girls. I'm on Instagram and Twitter at Classicstina. Danielle's on Instagram at Danielle Kobianki. Send us an email with, oh, what do we have left? Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio and Kunk on Earth. Yep. So you can write reviews in for those shows. You can make recommendations for April um, at twogirlswatchtv at gmail.com. Two is spelled uh, T-W-O. The blog is Beer, Coffee, Donuts. YouTube channel is Two Girls Drink Beer. All right, everyone. Enjoy the rest of your weekend and your week and whatever week you're listening to this. Happy St. Pat. Oh, we fucked this up. We should have done the Banshees of Venus Sheeran this week. <laughs> We're done. I want to do over. We're done. Record. We got to start over from the from the top. <laughs> All right. Goodbye, everyone. Bye.